The tape you are about to hear is incomplete. Every attempt has been made to locate the missing portion of this message. However, to date this is as complete a recording as we have been able to locate. We shall continue to search for a complete recording, and any assistance you can give us would be appreciated. We trust the portion of the message you are about to hear will be a blessing to you. Will of the Lord for certain things to happen at times. We went to Denver just recently and returned. I believe I want to report the meeting. It was one of the best meetings I've had in years. We had a marvelous time. Somewhat a little over 2,000 gave their hearts to Christ besides those who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Besides great signs and wonders that our dear Lord Jesus did in the midst of the people there in Denver, we had a marvelous outpouring and a great coming together of the people. We started off with around 5,000 to begin with. We had the Mammoth Gardens, and on the third night, there wasn't even any room for people to stand in a place. We had such a wonderful time of the five nights. We left there to go to Canada, boy and I, and we got up into the mountains and come a snowstorm. I guess you've heard of it over your radio, and some 188 people perished in it, and we were stuck in a snowdrift for several days up there in the mountains. And our meeting passed by, and we had come back home now before we leave again, so we believe all that was maybe for the will of God, that it'll be a, a better meeting and something else. He had something lined up for us that we don't know. We walk kind of in a dark world, but not in darkness. Amen. We just follow as the light goes, and we follow the light. And our Heavenly Father perhaps had something that we know nothing about. There might have been some danger laying up there, or again, he might be working on somebody to bring. You see, God can just work on one person like that. He changed a whole nation just for that one person to get them in. And so we know it was all for God's good glory, and we thank him for it and for protecting us. And as many we, Billy and I, helped pick them up along the road and things like that of people that were crashed and everything, but we come through without any trouble. We got off the road once, but that was uh, just uh, for a few moments, and some man up there on a ranch come down and pulled us out with a tractor just sliding. It was very sleek. And it was one of the things that they hadn't had for, couldn't, old-timers couldn't remember of ever having a storm like that in that country at that time of year, around up Montana. And we, was, um, we know that anything real outstanding like that, our Lord had his hand in there somewhere. And it was for some purpose. For, for our good. For Amen. our good. That's, yeah. that's what it was. And so I called Brother Neville after I got back, and I said, I'm going to be home Sunday. And, um, and if uh, you'd like for me to come down and maybe have Sunday school, I, all right. And I said, then I'll... And I'll be very happy to get to... He said, why, sure, Brother Bill. They were always so happy for he comes. A great big open heart and welcome like that. And I put it on his radio program yesterday. So we're thankful for all these things. And this morning now, being Mother's Day, most people, you hear Mother's Day sermons everywhere. People speaking of Mother, which I think is wonderful. Amen. I'll leave that for the rest of the service. This morning I'd announce that, uh, a subject of the invasion of the United States that I want to speak on, which you've probably heard your radio broadcast, and you'll hear plenty of them today, and there'll be a Mother's Day sermon perhaps tonight in the services. And so I thought this morning I would announce the, uh, the invasion. I spoke on it in Denver. 
here, not exactly from the approach I aim to give it this morning, if God willing. And um, it uh, had a wonderful time with it. The Lord just did bless in a Amen. wonderful way. It kind of sometimes gives us a... You have to be shook just a little bit to realize what it's all about, don't we? Amen. Sometimes and we pray that God will do it. Yeah. And by the way, up there when we got through, the businessman of Denver was the one sponsored the meeting. And uh, it was a little different sponsor than I'd ever had before. And usually, ministers, when they sponsor the meeting, if they did you announce it, yep, to the church. <laughs> that's, just about it. that's shepherds. They want their flock to know about it. That's, just about it. that's their business. But the businessmen were a little different. They wanted the world to know about it. So they just flung out about three or $4,000 worth of advertisement on all streetcars, taxi cabs, all bumpers of cars and everywhere. We had a wonderful time. After the service was over, they called me one side said, Brother Bram, what can we do for you now? What do we owe you? I said, well, of course, nothing. I said, you know, owe me nothing. I said, you can pay my hotel bill down here if you wish to. All we want to do is something for you. And they wouldn't, I wouldn't take nothing from them. So the manager called him around. He said, I believe he kind of likes to hunt and fish, doesn't he? He said, yes. <laughs> so um, one of the businessmen had a ranch up there. And he said, I'll just make him a present of that. When Mr. Moore went up to see it, he had to go back about 35 miles by horseback. I said, Mr. Moore said, I'd like to see Sister Branham sitting on a horse going back to that. <laughs> so he, they, and after that, they went over there to a homestead place at Silver Plume, Colorado. This is supposed to be on this side now. And they bought a little ranch over there and putting up a five-room home over there for me now. To, it's a Silver Plume, Colorado, which is right in the heart of the mountains. So you fishermen, I guess it's a good time. <laughs> so it'd be a good place to relax when all I have the meetings and things. If God permits, that's up to Him. You see, I wish now to draw our attention uh, to the Word, and I just love the Word, the living Amen. Word of God. It's inside the Word is the life. Now the word letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Amen. And life is in the word because it's the word of God. Life lays in its word. Like if I told you, I give you, uh, you say, I'm hungry this morning, Brother Brandon. Would you give me five dollars? I'd say, I will. Now there's just as much life in that as there is in my promise. That's the same way it is by God. When God promises anything, then what God is, his, he's got to be in his word. See, this word is worth, no, this word is just the same as God. It is God. Amen. Your word is what you are. It's your bond, we used to call it. Your bond is your word. If we can't take your word, then uh, I can't have confidence. But if I can take your word for anything, then it's a man of honor. And the Bible said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. See, see, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. If we think this, the very earth that we're living on this morning is the word of God. That tree is the word of God. And you, your body, is the word of God. God spoke it into existence like that. Made it from nothing which had nothing. Did you ever notice the human life where it come from? One little cell, so small that a human eye couldn't see it. Only through a great, powerful glass. And out of there come a 150, 200 pound man. Where did it come from? See, God just spoke it, and it just started by nature growing, and there it produced just exactly. He spoke every tree, everything into existence. And it's such a 
wonderful, wonderful thing this morning to view the Word of God. Now, this, this morning in the Old Testament, turning over to Chronicles, I've been just a little bit upset while you're turning now to Chronicles, the 18th chapter, just a little tired, but if the Lord willing, I'm not sure we'll know more Wednesday night, if the Lord willing and the church feels led that way, I like to have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as a revival here, just a teaching revival from the Word. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, just teaching on the Word. Not healing services, but teaching. Maybe the Lord will lead us that way. And then we, I just love to be with you and have the fellowship around the Word with you. Thank you very much for that fine, wonderful amen. Now, in the 18th chapter of Chronicles, and beginning with the 12th verse, we wish to base our thoughts just for a little while on this uh, vital subject of the day. <clears throat> First Chronic, or Second Chronicles, I beg your pardon. Second Chronicles 18, 12. And we'll read a portion of it here and uh, see what our Lord will have us to know. And the messenger that went to call Micah spake to him, saying, Behold, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one assent. Let thy word, therefore, I pray thee, be like one of theirs, and speak thou good. And Micah said, As the Lord liveth, even what my God saith, that will I speak. And when he was come to the king... The king said unto him, Micah, shall we go up to Ramah Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he said, Go ye up and prosper, and they shall be delivered unto your hand. Now, to base our thought for a few moments, just one word to him again on this. Our Heavenly Father, with grateful hearts we approach thee just now in behalf of lost souls behalf of those who are needy, in behalf of the church. Uh, may the Holy Spirit get into the Word quickly now, we pray. Take it right straight to every heart here that has need. And when he delivers his message of the power of the Word into the heart, may we all prosper by it this morning, going, leaving the tabernacle, rejoicing and praising God, saying our hearts burns within us because of his presence. For we ask it in his name. Amen. Our scene bases this morning on a tragic. And the Old Testament to me is always a shadow or a, or a forecasting of the New Testament. Many times someone has said, Brother Branham, why is it you always take the Old Testament? Nearly always taking a text, you'll go back to the Old Testament. I do it because... I like typology. I like my education is very limited, as all know. And the only way that I know to be somewhere near right is to see what the pattern was, to look off the blueprint and see what it was, and then I know what that was will be something similar to what this is here because it's just the shadow of it. And I always look back to the Old Testament to see what the children of Israel did see what the punishment of sin was, see what the justice of the prophets was, see what all those things were, 
And then I have an idea what this is here, which is foreshadowed, what will be in the general wind-up at the end. During this time, there had been a great thing happened to Israel. It was in the darkness of its midnight. In the Old Testament, if the Lord willing, maybe in the coming services, I'd like to show how that the seven church ages typed out in the Old Testament, how that they began just exactly like at the uh, the beginning of the church ages of the Gentile church and went right down through a similar dark age and come out into the glorious time of Pentecost at the uh, falling of the Holy Spirit in the early church of the, and the Jewish dispensation, then going through another period of the Gentile church through a dark age and then coming out again into the millennium at the end. Now, how that back... In the middle centuries there, this great king Ahab came up in power, and he was kind of riding on the reputation of the other Israelite kings, which was uh, Ahab himself was kind of a, a borderline believer. I've often referred to him that way because he was part of the time on this side of the fence, part of the time on that side of the fence. You can never know where to stand a man that's unstable like that, or a person that professes to be a Christian, and that unstable, you don't know what to do about the person. Today they're Christian, tomorrow you don't know where they're at. In church today they're rejoicing and singing and praising God, and tomorrow out drinking, crowding, running around. Then that type of a person is hard to do anything with. I remember as a boy, once we had a, an old horse that he used to jump the fences all the time. Now, I guess many of you men at my age would know back in the horse days, buggy days, I've come a many times right down this street here driving a horse and buggy myself. I'm 45. So they remember this old horse would put a yoke on his neck like you would a cow and keep him from jumping the fence. And he'd jump anyhow. And he would hang that yoke and turn him around and so forth. He'd get over the fence. And one day, what he, I wondered what was attracting that old fella. And there's a big sinkhole down there. Now, he was standing in alfalfa, oh, high, but he wanted some blades of orchard grass in a sinkhole. And he jumped that fence and got in that sinkhole where all these wire and glass were, where he's a, a, a dump, and get in there to get a few mouthfuls of that orchard grass. And we had to get some more horses and pull him out of that sinkhole. When he got in there, he got hung up. And when he stood out there, he was quivering and bleeding and, and how he was just to get a mouthful or two of that orchard grass when he was standing in alfalfa almost to his knees. I've often thought of that picture. A way of a transgressor is hard. He just wouldn't stay still where he was eating and having a wonderful time, but he had to jump the fence and go get all bruised and cut up like that just to get a mouthful of of grass of some other different kind. That's just about the way people does that jumps the fence of God's pastor. Don't you believe that? Gets out, go out today, come in in church, having a wonderful time, then tomorrow sell out for something like that. It makes it very hard. Ahab was more or less that type of a person. Every way the wind blowed, Ahab had his sails set. He was on this side or that side. His marriage got him all messed up with a, a little woman, which is a little princess, a king's daughter, A Jezebel, very pretty to look at, very beautiful woman. But in her heart, she was wicked, and she was an idolater. And she caused all Israel, 
Now, how I would like to border there just for a few minutes so I wasn't getting into the core of this on motherhood. See, there. And when a man starts to get married, the type of a girl, a woman, that he, it's more than just look at beauty. You've got to get somebody both soul and body joined together. Somebody that's really going to be your friend and pal that will stick with you through thick and thin. Now, but Ahab, he just fell far because she was pretty, I suppose, and Mary, it couldn't be nothing else about her because the wicked as she was. And she come over there and then, of course, being wrapped up with her like that and loved her, why he caused all Israel to sin and to go against God and to tear down the altars of God, build up the altars of Baal. And they had Baal worship all through Israel at the time. Now, his wife had caused righteous Naboth. Many of you have read of him. How he took his garden by deceit, swore a lie, and had false witnesses against him because she wanted to do something for her husband and killed a righteous man in order to get a garden adjoined close to the palace land. All this God was looking down. So the prophet Elijah, which was a great, mighty uh, servant of the Lord, prophesied and told Jezebel what would happen to her. And he told Ahab that the dogs would lick his own blood. Now, when God has said anything, of course, them days, the direct word of the Lord came through the prophet. God in sundry times and divers matters spoke to the fathers through the prophets in this last day through his son Christ Jesus. Amen. So this is the word. Amen. And if anything's contrary to that, leave it alone. See? Now, secondarily, he speaks today through the prophet, the seer, and so forth. But first, is this the word? Amen. Now, and Ahab had done this wickedness, and he went on, God blessing the people for many years, and finally, Jehoshaphat was king over Judah, while uh, Ahab was king over Israel. And then... Jehoshaphat was a righteous man. He was the son of Asa. Asa was a, a righteous man. And he tore down all the altars of, of idols, built up the altars of Jehovah. And they having a, a revival, as it was up in Judah. And then, after a while, Jehoshaphat, or Ahab, brother, sent up and he found out another piece of land in Syria that he thought belonged to him, and he thought he'd go get. So he asked this uh, Jehoshaphat if he would come and make an alliance with him. And of course, there is a great danger now. See? When you've seen this great king, Ahab down there, and you've seen this great one up here, Jehoshaphat, one of them a lukewarm, the other a spirit-filled man. Watch how you make your alliance. Watch what you're doing, how you yoke yourself up with unbelievers. Keep yourself clean, especially in the day that we're living. I believe church without a shadow of doubt. This is burned on my heart. That's the reason I'm looking for these five nights soon. To once more, before it happens, give this church a third combing through the Bible. We're living in the shadows of the time. It could happen any time. When we see the times come for things to take place, 
the very wickedness of the enemy, the very powers. We look at these snowstorms and everything happening, all these pestilence, all different things that's all caused by these interruptions of firing these bombs and things. They're getting things all mixed up here, and they're messing around in God's big laboratory to fulfill His Word. It's going to happen. So the man of sin rising up power, so deceitful. My, I heard a minister this morning, a spirit-filled man taking the mark of the beast and saying that the Antichrist was Russia. What an era. (laughs) Russia has nothing to do with it. No, sir. That's scripturally. Now, but notice in this great time that we're living, a warning. Now, this Jehoshaphat feeling kind of good because the great king of Israel said, come visit me. And he went down there and they took oxen, sheep, and so forth, done sacrifice all the time in Ahab's heart. Down there, he was a deceiver because he was not worshiping that or offering those sheep and things with a true heart because after all, he leaned more to his wife's religion. And notice, just as Ahab married Jezebel during a time of that great dark age of Israel, he brought idolatry into Israel. A very type of today, just in the dark age, when we come out through the early apostles, second round, third round, over into the dark age of 1,500 years, just as Ahab married Jezebel and brought idolatry into Israel, so did the Holy Ghost Church marry into isms and brought idolatry back. And today it's a form of Christianity. Just very dark. And now it's moved on down. Each day, each church age moves down to that same thing, to the great climax and the lukewarm condition comes. Lukewarm. Lady of sin, church age. Oh, what a horrible hour that we're living in. Listen, I want to confess right here before I go any farther. I'm an old-fashioned preacher that's longing to see the old days again. I've seen so much of this impersonation Hollywood glamorizing the gospel. I'm so sick and tired of it. Yes, sir. I want to see the old fashioned. I'm afraid we're making Christianity too pretty for people. Danger line. Now, Jehoshaphat comes down and thinks, Oh, well, this great king of Israel, I'll just, oh, we'll, it'll be all right. And right in the midst of all of this big glamour, what did he do? He made an alliance to go up and to fight the enemy on common grounds because they said we are both the same people, but they wasn't. One was a spirit-filled group. The other was a lukewarm group. We're not the same people. No, sir. You can't have darkness, can't have fellowship of light. The the night cannot exist in the presence of the sunlight. And the most precious time there is is between the times, just when the suns are going down or rising up. It's the most precious time there is. There's not enough vision to see clearly. Your lights won't, your automobile won't show uh, good and clear. It's better either be dark or light. Amen. Jesus said be hot or cold. No lukewarm. Just that's the danger line. And now Jehoshaphat, when he come down, and then this great alliance was made which did not please God. And notice, 
just in the time of his, all of the excitement now, I have got favor with this king, and oh, I, I have fellowship with this neighbor. I have, see, be careful that church. Amen. See? That's what causes all the trouble around this tabernacle here and around others. See? Be careful of that what you're mixing up with. See? Come right out and either be for Christ or be against him. See? Now, this fellow made the alliance and he's already done something great. Yet, when he said, isn't there now, before we can go up, we should consult the Lord about this. Now, Jehoshaphat had enough religion left in him in his mistake that he went down there to this king. But he had enough religion left in him to think, well, we ought to at least consult the Lord. Now, Ahab is going right on out without saying a word, just his own mechanical, physical, human uh, way of doing things. I just wonder right here, church, if that hasn't been a lot of times we've made mistakes. Figured it out and say, well, it ought to be this way. And we said it like that. I think that's where a whole lot of the American evangelism is today. That we have set it in a form of, of I'd say, Hollywood evangelism. A whole lot about uh, glamour. We notice the evangelist comes to the platform today and my is all puffed out and tells a whole lot of uh, jokes before he starts the preaching and things like that and carries on and acts like a clown in the pulpit. When it comes time to make an altar call, the people don't even see any sincerity to make an altar call by. That's right. That's the reason the world's gotten a lukewarm condition today that it's in. I wonder today, it's just today uh, at the church, we tried to send our boys to school to learn psychology and so forth like that to know how to put over a program to get in the pulpit to arrange our the messages so enticing that it'll catch the people and catch their attention. And many of great psychologists go out as teachers like that and dramatize and put on a whole lot of something. And I just wonder when they... We're always telling them the beauty and the attraction of the church, but we fail to tell them, He that will follow me, Amen. let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. I wonder if we haven't made the beauty of the church too pretty for the fellow that comes in. For instance, the Baptist church today has got a slogan, a million more in 44, taking in members by the thousands and the tens of thousands, unconverted, just people who walk in and join the church. And it's an endemic to the church of Jesus Christ to take such members in. They still drink, they still smoke, they still gamble, they still lie. They come to the church expecting to be entertained by a bunch of Hollywood evangelists that gets up, put on a lot of glamour, a lot of big instruments setting up down on the platform when they ought to have an old-fashioned God for crying out altar call down there where men and women don't come to glamorize or to run up and act a clown, but to get out the altar and realize that the death of Jesus Christ there that died for them that they're getting back sincere with God again? I wonder if we're not living in that kind of a time when we take great evangelists like many that's crossing the lands today, a great known evangelist who studies psychology and attract the people to the church, but if you want to get them into the church, then what are you going to do to them? What, what are they going to happen after they get into the church? Just join the church, they go back with the same sin and the same desire that they come into the church with, they go back the same way. 
And that's the reason today the world looks on and says, well, if that man got religion, if this person got religion, I'm afraid we've made it too easy. It's, I love, I think joy, certainly I believe that all joy is lays in Jesus Christ. That's right. I believe it's joyful and happy. But remember, brother, it's a way of agony and suffering in the cross. You must realize that too. That's right. I wonder if we haven't tainted a little too, a little too smooth. Like I was looking at my wife, put, started out, and she put a rose on my coat this morning. She said, you ought to wear it. Your mother's a living. And I said, oh, honey, I don't know. Mother's Day is wonderful. But that's like the world. They've commercialized the thing just merely to sell flowers and things like that. Why, it's a discredit to mother. Why, my mother's my mother every day of the year. Yes, sir. Not just one day. I say, you love your mother? I sent her a bouquet of flowers last Mother's Day. Well, brother, she ought to be mother every day. But it's commercial. That flower's pretty. I love a pretty flower. I think of that just like I do how pretty the flower is. It blooms and it's got fragrance. And the passerby smells it. The animal comes by, smells it. But now look, it's pretty like the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the most glorious thing. Divine healings and powers and wonders and signs and miracles and freedom from sin. It's a beautiful place. But look, if that rose will have to come to church like all nature... That rose being pretty, every town or country would lick on it if she could. But nature provided a little bandits, a little a spear sticking out there called thorns, and they leave them away. That protects it. That's exactly. And I think today, if we haven't got the word of God sharper than a two-edged sword around the beauty of the power of the holiness of God, we're going to let every town or country lick on it and call it. It'll gone. It'll be an indebtedness to the church. That's right. I think today what we need is more old-fashioned God-called ministers, wrong, maybe not with much education, but will bring the people down to an altar and they're agonized, not with a joy and laughing and popping chewing gum and put their name on a paper, but rather an old cry out and dying out until men and women thoroughly repent from their sins and come close to God. Amen. I tell you, We've got raise up your hands who wants to accept Christ, all like that. That's all right, brother, but that don't that don't expel sin. Amen. You've got to repent first. Get right. Get down there and really cry out. I can remember the times when the old fashioned people would walk down through the aisles and up and down the roads of crying and talking to their neighbors. That was Christians of that day. Tell them about the things of the Lord. And today we put our name on the church book and go out and stay home and never say a word about it unconcerned. Just as long as we belong to the church, it's all right. I'm sure we're wrong there, people. Check up. For that won't stand in the judgment. No, sir, it won't. Nothing left. He that will follow me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and die daily. Stay dead on the cross. That's right. Agony. The way I'll take the way you sing with the Lord despised you. I think today, what a time that we're living in. That evangelism. They put it out in great big bright lights and they try. When you see the evangelists coming to town, you wonder, I, my meetings has been guilty the same. That's right. I wonder who's coming to town sometimes, the evangelists or Jesus Christ. 
Why they got it. I went into a place where I don't go where certain evangelists are supposed to come. And uh, Jesus' name, why they had a, the picture of the evangelist, the man of the hour. The man with this and the man with that. Uh, sometimes I'll take my ministry and see people coming. I'd get in a hotel room and say, God, who, who's the people coming to see me or you? See? If they're coming to see me, they're lost yet. But oh, God, tear me down and take me away. I want to represent you. One who will stand before someday with trembling hands and trembling feeble body looking at you, knowing my soul hangs by your decision. Let us exalt Christ. Today they say, well, I belong to the Baptist. I'm a Methodist. I'm a uh, belong to the tabernacle. I do this. All that has nothing to do with it. Not a thing. I wonder sometimes, here not long ago, I've seen a, an advertisement up where a certain campaign was coming to the city. And the word of the man, the man's name, run great big letters all the way around like that. And on the bottom in a little corner said, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, day, and forever. Way down in the corner. See? They took all the sacredness from Christ and put it on to some man or some church or some organization. Brother, I'm telling you, you can get by with glamour and Hollywood clowning like that in the, by the church, but in the presence of Jesus Christ, He's the one to be glorified. Amen. That's right. Now, that's the truth, my dear brother and sister. Don't feel angry at me. You just remember that I'm preaching to you. I want to preach as this, this is the life sermon I'd ever preach in my life. I want to preach every sermon I preach as if I was a dying man preaching to dying men. And I am. My life's burning down every day. Yours is too. And we're dying mortals. And we got to face the living God some of these days. And we better be in deep sincerity about this. Just instead of glamour and carry on and join the church and go here and there. Act this way and that way. We better be having old-fashioned prayer meetings in our home to cry out to God day and night. The day is at hand. The time of distress. The time of trouble. The Bible said a dark day, and we're living in it. Yes. How this great man went out there under the excitement. He joined himself with the lukewarms, with the borderline, and thought he was doing something great, thought that God was a blessing, and not realizing it right then, he was bringing in all this group with him. While our little group of, Ju- of Judah up here would come down and join ourselves with a great Bands of Israel, what a mighty people we'll be. There you are, and that's the very line of deceit the devil's using right now to bring in the Antichrist at the certain. As I'm standing into this, we'll unite our efforts together. We can't do that. How can two walk together except they be agreed? This United States made the same self same experience and the same mistake when it united with Russia back there at the time they was about ready to have war and bound ourselves together with Russia. And now you see what we got, don't you? We got our airplanes and all of our seekers and our atomic bombs and everything laid over there to blow it back at us. Same thing goes by spiritual. Then we find out after Jehoshaphat had made this alliance and they consulted. Now watch. Watch the outside world. He said, sure. We've got plenty of prophets down here. We've got a seminary full of them. They go down and get the fellows that have been trained, who know psychology, who know all about it. They come up now, and we're asking to consult the Lord. All of them, of course, in their fleshly, puffed-up minds come up there and say, Now look, 
We, you go on up. The Lord is with you. And the Lord's going to give you that piece of land up there. That it's going to be yours. You're going to push the Syrians all the way back. You're going to do it. One of them even made itself a big pair of iron horns and begin to run around like this. And this is what you're going to push the Syrians away. But Jehoshaphat, just a little more spiritual, put up with that Tommy rod of clowning. That's right. God, give us some more Jehoshaphat. Amen. Sick and tired of this year Hollywood clowning. Help us, Lord. That's right. Help us, Putting on, pretending to be something that they're not. Amen. Making out, dramatizing, drawing in. And then when they come in, what you got when he got in? Amen. Like after a man comes swimming in a desert. Uh, Nothing but base sand up on your head to cause sorrows afterwards. Uh, now, notice, what can you bring them into? A certain lady said to me the other day, a man said, I'd go to church, but why, what would I get when I went to church? said, all they do is organize some supper and they about this, that, and the other. And the lady said, I stood speechless for I didn't know where to send him. There you are. But I wish I could find an old church where they really sing the old-fashioned hymns and live godly. Children are hungry, they'll eat from a garbage can. It's up to the church of the living God to feed them the true living word of, the, of God. Amen. There, and all that uh, glamour and stuff. Jehoshaphat said, isn't there one more? One more, said Ahab. Well, what do you need with any one more? We've got 400 of the best selected, educated, taught Fed, dressed man there is in a country standing here, every one of them with one accord and one heart and one voice saying, Go! God is with you. I wonder if the United States hasn't met the same thing. I wonder if the church of God hasn't met the same thing. I wonder. Well, say, look, they're having success. They're having great big meetings. They're carrying thousands at a time. But I wonder... If there isn't just one more. Amen. I wonder if there isn't something different. Yeah. We find out we have 30,000 converts in six weeks, and six weeks later we haven't got a one. Yeah. There's something wrong somewhere. Yeah. That's right. And it's all glamour. Putting on the world through television, through radio, through picture shows, and those outlets there has corrupted this nation with the Tommy Rod of Hollywood. Amen. Right. Everything wants to be in big glamour. Isn't that the truth? Amen. You know that's the truth. Amen. We don't have any more of the old-fashioned religion that we used to have years ago. It's because it's been let down. We'll get to it just in a moment. You'll see. Why? What a beautiful picture. Or a staring picture, I should say. And here comes this uh, Jehoshaphat said, Yes, I see them all. They're everyone got their degrees and whatever it was. They're all to be prophets. They're great ministers. They're out of great colleges. And they're all this there out of the big school of the prophet and everything. They're all with one accord. That's true. But isn't there just one more? <laughs> well, what will you need with one more when 400 is giving consent at one time? But that man way down in his heart had God. Amen. He knew that there was something wrong about that. Yes, sir. He knew there was something wrong. Why? Let me give you the scripture doesn't quote it, but here's what I get. I know that 
that Jehoshaphat knew, that that hypocrite down there, Ahab, that he wasn't right with God, and Elijah had prophesied the word of God to him, and how could God bless what he had cursed? Amen. Amen. I say the same thing today, friends. And the church of the living God who's standing true to God will say the same thing. You can't mix oil and water together and call it salvation. You can't. You have to separate yourself, brother. Something's got to happen. If there's any hope left, we've got to do something and do it quickly. For the hour of the rapture is at hand. Things are heaping up. Everything in the church is so far away. They read all kinds of magazines, books, stories, and everything. I could go today to, I can go to a church and I can say, well, uh, how many know, they know every hymn after one of these big revivals. Now, what, what page is certain certain hymn on? They know it. They know who it is. They know who's running for president and who's running for this and how many movie stars married this and that other. But the Word of God, they know nothing of. Amen. There you are. So we're giving her glory. And yet they profess to be Christians. And the people's not in blame. It's from behind the platform where it's come from. Exactly. It's behind the platform. They teach them all kinds of rhythms and all kinds of this and that and organizations and how to make youth groups and everything like that. I wonder if it's paid. Nothing against it, but I'm wondering if that's God's requirement. When Jesus said, except the man be born of water and spirit, he'll in no wise enter into the kingdom. He that will follow after me, let him deny himself in his own worldly pleasures, take up his cross and follow after me. Cross is a symbol of death. Agony. He that will be a Christian, let him strip himself of his own thoughts. Let him strip himself of his own works. Let him strip himself of everything, denying himself, and take up that consecrated cross and follow me daily. He that will come after me, let him do that. That's what Jesus said. But today we say, everybody have a big time. Everybody clap their hands. Everybody holler hallelujah. Everybody do this. Oh, we got a bunch of fuss. Amen. God! We get these new songs out and sing them so fast that it looks like we go to run through the wall with them or something like that. But I think if we'd be singing near my God to thee, it would be a whole lot better for the church. The old-fashioned hymns. Get a lot of dance orchestra people. Some boy in the dance orchestra over here playing last night and tonight over here playing in the church of the living God. It's an abomination in the sight of God. Let that man be proved first and let him bring forth fruit, meet for repentance to show that he's right with God. They bring the jazz world right into the platform. They bring the Hollywood glamorizing preaching right into the platform. Why didn't I sit in your fair city a few weeks ago in Louisville, Kentucky? My heart breaks when it's all sitting there willing to see the miracles of God when as soon as you preach the gospel, they'd fill up in a second and turn their back and walk out of the building. Certainly, they don't want it. Their hearts are hard and stick out. And many of them Protestants too who go to Protestant churches, but they've been filled, filled so full of glamour and everything like that and tiny rotten churchism until they know nothing about the spirit of the living God. Having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. What a day that we're living. Watch where he heats up. Jehoshaphat said, I know Ahab. There's your 400 preachers. They're all fine-looking fellows. Every one of them dressed their hair combed neatly and everything, whatever more they may be. They may have their DDs. They may have their all kinds of degrees. They may know the scriptures from A to Z. But haven't you got one more somewhere? 
Hasn't there just one more somewhere? Hallelujah. He said, yes, there's one more. But I hate him. <laughs> there you are. Yeah. There you are. Yeah. I hate him. Yeah. Remember, Ahab was a religious man. Yeah. And these were religious teachers. Yeah. But they hated this man who had the truth. against me. How could he keep from doing it when the Word of God had condemned him? How can you hold still if you're a man of God or a woman of God and know and see sin and things heaped and weighted and everything like that and see human souls going to hell millions a day and stand still you can't do it. Someone said to me, they said, you think you can stop it? I said, no. I can't stop it because God said, but one day at the judgment bar, they're going to pull out the big screen flash on the camera yonder, and that tape recording is going to be playing, and I'm going to stand and listen at it. I'll be hearing my voice warning against it. God will judge me when my voice comes against it. Yes, sir. When we see this life, this generation reenacted again now at the judgment, certainly we're living in a terrible time. There it is. We seen it. He said, it is. And there one more. He said, yes. But I hate him. For he's always prophesying evil against me. How can he keep from preaching those hard things? Amen. When he sees it going on. See Ahab living like he was and doing like he was and bringing the people like they are. How can a man of God or a woman of God keep from hollering out and rebuking sin from every side when they see these lukewarm preachers and glamatizers and educators and so forth like that out. Let the people go to hell by the millions under deceit. A lot of, even in holiness people. I'm not talking so much about Methodists and Baptists and things like that. They have it too. But it's right down in your own ranks. Coming to the platform like everything else, the Christians. Living like everything else across the countries and things. Then they call it religion. It's a religion, but it's a long way to the salvation of the Lord. That's right. They've just got the people to just a big bunch of worked up. Then as soon as a little work up goes over, then the first thing you know, you can't find a one of the church is sitting empty. Brother, if a man loves God, he'll fill his seat in the church every time. He can't stay away from it. That's right. Now, notice just a few minutes. I'll try to hurry. Get straight to the point now because the time's getting away. Notice. Then he said, isn't there one more? He said, yes, but I hate him. He's always prophesying against me. He's saying evil things against me. All right, he said, go get him. He said, his name is Micah. But this man had enough religion to know that these fellows wasn't right. And any man that's ever been touched the least bit by the Spirit of God knows that these things, what's called Christianity today, is not right. You can't love the world or the things of the world. If you do, the love of God's not in you. The Bible said so. Now, look, he said, go get him. And they went over, and then he sent a little old messenger along, the deacon of the church, perhaps, or somebody. Went over there and said, now look, Micah, we're going to bring you over here before Ahab and Jehoshaphat. Now they're both sitting out there. They're great men now. They're teachers. And they're scholars. And they got their degree and so forth. And every one of our seminary, every one of our churches here, is a perfect at agreement that this is the will of the Lord. Now you say the same thing they say, and I'll tell you, you'll dress better than riding a Cadillac car, I'll tell you. You'll just be a great fellow if you'll do that. Yes, sir, you'll prosper. Micah said, as the Lord God lives, I'll only say what God says. Amen. Amen. 
He may be smote on one cheek and the other, whatever more, but he told the truth and stood by it. God confirmed it to be the truth. He wasn't so popular, but he knew God. Brought little old Mike over there. He said, all right, Micah, what do you say about it? He said, go on up. Go on up. Go up in peace. Go ahead and prosper. That's what I want you to do. But I've seen Israel like sheep without a shepherd on a hill scattered. That's it. He said, and when he did like that, and Ahab turned around to Joshua and said, what did I tell you? That holy roller, or what, excuse me, or whatever it was, that guy said, that, what did I tell you that fellow would only prophesy evil against me? What did I tell you only condemn our church and condemn our ministers and condemn our way of religion? What did I tell you he'd say it? I know him. I know his daddy before him. <laughs> I know his daddy before him. <laughs> yes, sir. A real man of God. said, I know he'd say that. And so then he said, yeah. said, I saw Israel like sheep uh, scattered without a shepherd on a hill. And so then he said, I, and then one of those fellows that had the big horns to go to push off, a preacher walked over and pulled a little mic around and smacked him in the mouth as hard as he could. Say, which way did the Spirit of God go when it went out of me? If you know said, He said, wait till you're sitting in prison over here and you'll know which way it went. That's right. Wait till Russia sitting out here taking over the nations and things like that in this country because of its backside, and you'll see what was right and wrong. That's right. You see where your lukewarm religion will pay off or not? Let this nation come to tears, not come to laughter and drama. Let this nation come to its knees in repentance. That's what we need. Not a revival to get a whole lot of people in a church. We need to close every bootleg joint, stop all cigarette smoking, tear down the factories. Start up a real old-fashioned Holy Ghost campaign where men and women day and night lay on their face crying. I'll tell you, it'll be the greatest shelter that this nation's ever had. That's true. Let the brand tabernacle quit its foolishness. Let it get back here at the altar and get right with God and make up with the neighbors and so forth like that and get right with God. You won't have any fussing going on. You'll be the drawing spot of the world. That's right. Now, that's the truth. Then he said, which way did the Spirit of God go out of me? And Micah said, I saw God in his host, his council, sitting in glory. You know, God has a council up there once in a while. He, he brings up his, his angelic beings and holds a, a council once in a while up in heaven. And he said, I saw him sitting up on a throne. And all the people were standing on the right and left hand of him. And said, they were discussing, who can we get to go down and deceive Ahab to get him out here to fulfill Elijah's prophecy. God done said so, what was going to happen? So we'll just see who can go down. And a lying spirit come up from beneath, of course, out of hell, come up before God and said, I'll go down and I'll get in those preachers and cause them all to prophesy a lie. Oh, did that blow them up? Did that make them feel funny? When he said, I'll go down and cause those preachers, every one of them, to prophesy a lie. And he got down and got in those preachers, and they began to prophesy a lie. And brother, the same God rules on the same throne today. Yeah. And that same lying spirit has done the same thing today. Yeah. Prophesying lies. They kept saying, peace, peace, peace. At the First World War. Let me show you where it come from. In the First World War, when France over there turned away from God in their gay 90s, 
and begin now. I'm going to get a little on borrow, so you ought to sit real quiet for a few minutes. Look, all back there in the beginning, over in France, there's where honoredness and filth first began. If there ever was a rat hole in the world, it's Paris, France. I've pretty near traveled most of it, and that's the worst place I've ever seen. And London, England's not much of an exception. And in the United States, it's coming right in line with it. That's right. There they are. Every time that you break the morals of womanhood, you break the backbone of the nation. Here you go over in our own countries and say you're a missionary. They don't like to say, what do you want to tell us to do? How to sing dirty songs about our wives or about our girls? You go to tell us how to divorce our wives? Teach us how to drink whiskey and go the way we do? That's what we are. We call ourselves a religious nation, the Christian nation. Well, then heathens in Africa could teach us morals how to live. The rottenest place in the United States or the world is this nation. How it's got it. I'm an American, certainly. But, brother, I can't help it before Ahab or Jehoshaphat. I've got to tell what God says is the truth. That's what the church needs to stand for today. If it comes between nation and God, it's God always. Amen. Yes, sir. Notice, in France, they start all the rottenness and going on the way they lived over there. And then God sent Germany into them to beat them up a little bit. Then we went over there to save their hide. And as soon as we'd done that and won the war, sent the Germans back, had peace with France, did they turn to God? No, sir. Women, wise, debauchery, sin, pilt to the gills. Then what did they do? What happened? Here's where he started. The devil set up his headquarters there. There's where he started right there to demoralize the world from Paris, France. Then if you notice, he couldn't get in here through the ministry, so the thing he done was come into Hollywood out here. He set up his, he set up his headquarters over here in Hollywood. The devil landed back here a few years ago, 15 or 20 years ago, with his great army and went hit in Hollywood, California, and he's invaded the United States with his demon powers. Amen. Right. Amen. All of our passions come from Paris. Amen. They get into Hollywood, onto the screens. These little girls and little boys, and they get out here, they watch them screen plays. Nice little kitties. Fine little fellows. Nothing against them. God bless your little hearts. My heart bleeds for him. And right here in the city, I was talking to my, one of my boys the other day. He said, Daddy, if there's just some boys around there in town that had the Holy Ghost and so forth, you wonder why I was getting away to Denver, Colorado, somewhere like that, get my children somewhere where there's a bunch of people who cry out to God. Amen. What we need, brother, this country, this nation, this city, this place has become so demoralized till it's pitiful. If I can only express right now what I absolutely know to be the truth right here. It wouldn't even be presentable before a mixed audience. Or right here in this own city, right here, not only here, but other places, everywhere. It's beginning to come up simply because why? The people, look friends, it's got so cunning. It's coming so easy till it just smothers you down. The devil used to be in fashion. He might have went out of fashion, but he didn't go out of business. I'll tell you that. He's still in business. Look, today, we take, like I said a while ago, about the little lady, the little girl, the rose. For instance, the rose, it's pretty. It's there to be looked at. That's true. And that's just like the church is there to be looked at. Like a pretty little woman, she's there to be looked at. That's right. But if she, she's fine, that's, she's to her husband. She, she's all right. But if she hasn't got the moral sword sticking out there to protect her, she becomes an indebtedness to society and human beings. Amen. Amen. It's so low and scandalous and rotten until the dogs would look at her. 
That's right. And the same thing to the church of the living God. They get out here and try to glamorize and fix themselves up and act like they stripped their women here, right? And people don't realize that these devils is invading your homes. Right in my neighborhood the other day, a young lady, which I think is a nice woman, and she's a married woman, got a child, and a little woman come out there, man come down the road to do some work, and this little lady got out there with that little bitty old clothes on, was horrible. This is a novel Mother Day speech, but my brother, let me tell you something, mother, get back to be mother again. Even to a little bitty boy was visiting our neighborhood, coming and told us about it. Look out there, I said, well, that's nothing. The woman's a nice woman. I don't say she's demoralized, but the thing of it is, there's an ornery, filthy spirit on her making her do that, and she don't know it. What in the world would a mother want for anybody put on those little old dirty clothes and stretch himself out before man? You're a pretty sister. You're a pretty mother. I thank God for you. But you're pretty, but if you haven't got the Holy Spirit there to protect those morals, you'd have been better than so ugly and nobody would have looked at you and went to heaven. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's true. Watch what you're doing. Those morals. Now what it is. The devil has come in, and he's told the people these things. He's got into the preachers. He's patterned for Hollywood. The girls and the young ladies, they pattern after Hollywood. The best of things that they have in the country today, the most marvelous you can hear us talk about, all the radio talks, some old woman like Mrs. K. Starr, nothing against her, but to see an old woman 50 years old and all, with her clothes all pushed out on her like she's poured in a meal sack, I ain't saying that for a joke because I'm talking against those things. But a woman act like that and stand up and be an example to a young American woman, it's an adamantarnation. Yeah, it's the devil. Guys like Arthur Godfrey and them running around here doing the things that they do and the most noted man in the country like that and what a disgrace. Amen. Hallelujah. Say that because I feel the Holy Spirit is here. The invasion's on. It's sweeping from house to house, from place to place, from church to church, from man to man. Children, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise with the moral stand of the revival and the Lord Jesus Christ. They all take the way with the Lord's disciples. Yes, sir. I'll be a real mother. I'll be a real dad. The whole world all around, all around my soul gives way. Then he's all my hope and stay for on Christ's solid rock. I stand all other grounds this thing. All other grounds. Thank you. What's caused all this stuff? What's caused ministers to act like this? What made preachers prophesy this lie to the people? Why did it years ago to you Methodist people, when old John Smith was packed to his pulpit to preach the gospel, and he preached a short sermon of four hours, and he said, the trouble of it is that my heart is breaking. He said, the Methodist daughters are even wearing rings on their fingers. And today they're dressed in shorts and little dirty clothes and they'll be perfectly nude in another five years if something ain't done. What happened to you Methodist preachers? You Camelites, you Baptists. Yes, sir. It's the devil has sold down his powers. And he's got his insight here. And you don't realize that you're smoking cigarettes, you women, and doing the way you're doing out there, and drinking and carrying on the way you're doing. You don't realize that you're poisoning your system and ruining the whole generations that'll follow you if there is such a thing. 85% more chance to take cancer by smoking cigarettes than you deliberately move right into a man to 
endorse it. You know, great Baptist churches here recently, I'm hitting the Baptists. I got a right to that, that kindling on the side that I come from. But when they had to give intermission between the Sunday school service and the preaching service so that the pastor and all could go out and have a smoke. And the street was lined with men and women smoking cigarettes. The devil has done that. Then, here in our own city, one of our most outstanding ministers, right down here in New Albany, this playground, that one of our outstanding ministers of the city is directing a square age program to bring men and women on the platform. Don't care what the world says, I don't care how you try to coax around it, brother. There's no red-blooded man pulling up to another man's wife and feel the same. Amen. You know that's the truth. Yeah. And tuck our women and strip them out down their offices and drive the taxi cabs and up and down the street where they ought to be at home behind the stove. Amen. Cooking and fixing the dinners. Thank you, Jesus. What is it? The devil. The invasion zone. I ain't saying nothing about this individual or that individual. I'm saying it's unclean spirits that are possessing the people, driving them right into it. Amen. The invasion of the United States. The overthrow of the church. The church is overthrown by the devil. Back there, they take a boy up now when he comes to a seminary. The first thing he has to learn is to get his degree. He has to take psychology. He has to take theology. He has to teach Get all kinds of stuff indoctrinated in him. If he hasn't got a real fine education, if he isn't smart and bright as he can be, then they'll turn him out. He can't qualify. What's he to do? To go out here and present a little political talk as it was, a church politic talk to a group of people, a bunch of dying men and women. Oh, God, send us some old-fashioned fat rat man who doesn't know A from B. That knows the power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ who will preach repentance and send men and women to the altar of the Lord Jesus. It's an endowment. He's invaded the seminaries. He's invaded the churches. He's unshipped our women. He's got our men to a place that you can't tell them nothing. And men and women. I think you say, well, the women, yes, and you men that will permit your wives to do that, that shows what you're made out of. That's exactly Certainly, it's a disgrace. It's a pity. And then down to the preacher. The preacher stands in the platform today of the modern pulpit, stands there with these people before him, and preach about every little old thing in the world besides repentance and sin and the rugged cross of Christ. Yes, when you lay the facts down, the people come to hear you in evangelistic service. You're trying to get the thing of preaching the gospel and get people repenting and get it right there. Go up and walk out. They don't have to hear it. No, they don't. But brethren, they're going to have to repent our parish. Demons, you go to the school. It's invaded the schools. Look around over the country today. Look here, you people, you Protestants. Look here, four great big Catholic schools and things built up today. Why is it you're letting down the bars? Uh, Nothing against Catholicism. No, I don't believe in it. I'm a strictly a Protestant. That's exactly right. Get proved. They don't. You can't argue with them. They say we don't care what the Bible says. We know what the church says. God's in His Word. Amen. 
this is where God's at. But some of the Catholics stick into their church and make you ashamed of yourself as a Protestant. If you don't want to stick to the Bible, they stick to the church. Right. But they're wrong. I just say that under the authority of Almighty God. That they're wrong. Absolutely. And you Protestants are wrong the way you're doing it because you really know better. And you do it, that makes a hypocrite out of you. Church invasion. Church is letting down. And now instead of the church trying to make the church beautiful, build a bigger church, put big spires on it, great big pipe organs, and get everything trying to pattern like the Catholic Church. You don't want a pattern like the Catholic Church if she's doomed to go to destruction for that thus saith the Lord. She's doomed to go to destruction and you're a pattern after her, you're going with her. But what we need today is not a big church, a big fire. It's an old-fashioned altar where sins are burnt up under consecrated prayers from men and women who love the Lord Jesus Christ. You know that? That's what we need. Hear me, friend. Hear me, it's love. My time's gone. I'd just like to linger on that. I'll pick it up a little later on. That invasion, where it's went to. It's invaded. It's invaded our nation. It invaded the United States. Now remember, I never cast a vote in my life. See? I've said the brag on that's my American birthright if I want to do it. But I think too much of my friends to put them in there. Look, I've seen them go in and find man, come out as crook. And I don't want that. I have one thing. I'm here building a platform for one person who's the candidate, and that's Jesus Christ and him alone. I'll give my time for him. That's right. If I can get the church straightened out, the rest of the world will take care of itself. That's right. Well, let me tell you. When Mr. Roosevelt, the man's dead, let him rest. I trust he is. Come in and run three or four terms and take over just a preliminary dictatorship. I can prove to you that in the scripture where I said it takes place. Right. We haven't got no more constitution. She's broke to pieces. Everything's all smattered. The Republicans is just as bad. It's six to one and a half a dozen of the others. For every kingdom is going to be smashed, but the kingdom of Jesus Christ shall stand and reign forever. Amen. That's right. Up on Daniel saw the rock shoot out of the mountain and hit the political world back there and mashed it into a grinding powder like that, like the wheat on a thrashing floor in the summertime. But that rock grew into a great mountain that spread over the head, filled the whole heavens and earth. Amen. That's it. The political world's gone. Our nation is broke. You remember that? If Brother Brenham said that, thus saith the Lord. Our nation is demolished. It'll never rise. Gone like all the rest of the nations. The greatest nation in the world standing today, but the very seat of the devil has been planted into the hearts of the people, how he come into Hollywood, how he got out into the people and begin to, this and you can't tell him nothing. Get a president up there and try to close whiskey down and have prohibition to see what would happen. He'd be shot in two hours after he got in there. Sure. You can't stand it. The whole world's against him. Yes, sir. You couldn't do it. She's gone. She's invaded. And the spirit of communism has took over. Go to our schools today. Look at our school children. Our little fellows that go to school, you just ought to know what goes on. Little girls down here in the schools and things like that. At the age of 14 and 15, their mammy sent them to school 
wrecked morally, mentally, don't fiend, don't addict, cigarette puffers, everything else like that, and a little bitty age of little children like that. It'd be as hard to find a virgin among some of them as it would be to find a needle in a haystack. When they have blanket dates with the boys and stretch on these riverbanks and everywhere else, and I can prove it to you, my friends, I wouldn't sit in the pool pit listen to what I'm talking about, of schools right here in our, our counties right here in these counties that those little ladies dressing don't know or telling their mothers that they're going to different places and meeting boys and even prostituting on the streets of Louisville. What is it? And singing choirs. Because they got a little social gospel center where preachers stand talk about little petty things and little bitty stories of the Bible or something like that instead of preaching repentance and bringing man and women to the altar. Her daddy walk in at night, light up the cigar, take a glass of beer, sit down and drink it. Mother's out through the daytime, a bunch of women in some card party, some social like that. How can you expect a child to be anything else? That whatever environment you live in, that's what you are. You take a little bitty girl, little bitty boy, put him out here, let him live with somebody. You take a man, I can take my boy, let him be out for a day with somebody, let him come in, I won't say who he's been with. Certainly, watch that environment, that spirit catches him. You go into a church where the people all, you go into Holy Ghost churches or, or Pentecostal churches because let everybody be, oh, they run and jerk their head back and forth, the pastor does. Watch the whole church begin to do the same thing. Let the man, the people get up and, and just uh, carry on terrible or something. Or watch the whole thing do that. Get into a place where the pastor's real starchy and cold. Watch the whole group do it. Yeah. You come into that environment. You take a man that's a good moral man and lay and marry a little old woman ain't worth a dime. It isn't long he ain't worth a dime either. That's what happened to Ahab. Take a same glass of mercy, let a nice little woman marry an old man that ain't worth a dime. The first thing you know, she's doing the same thing here. How did I go this morning and part my hands on little broken up homes and things like that where lovely little mothers come into a drinking dad and things like that and thought they could do something with him and now the whole mother and all of them are drinking and going on. It's environment. What is it? It's the devil. Amen. It's the devil. The invasion. He swept into this nation like a roar line. He set himself down here in the best place he had in Hollywood. He said, I can get the movie share until the television comes on. Then I'll get them. Yeah. And he sat down there, and the church people, instead of shutting down the shows and not letting their children go, they give them 10 cents on a Sunday afternoon and stand down there so they could have a little social card party. Yeah. Be out to themselves and ride around. Yeah. Oh, what a disgrace! Amen. Now they just turn the television on and watch all the dirty, rotten, Tommy rotten of the world on them. Yeah. Right. I ain't got anything against the movie. I ain't got anything against television. It's the rotten stuff that's on it. That's what it is. If you'd have kept it moral, it had to stay moral. You couldn't sell old-fashioned button shoes here in town today at all. Women don't want them. They want the toes out of them. The rest of the women's are doing it. That's right. When you go to church, you can't sell an old-time religion because the other woman, she don't know what nothing to do with that. No, sir. I know me and me go, now. I just believe. That's all there is to it. <laughs> oh, brother, the devil believes too. Amen. Right? You'll repair a parish. Now, sorry. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'll take that back. I love people. But I, I, I love you too well to see you go into a headlong plunge like that. Amen. God willing, I'll pick this up a little later on in the week. Now, to you mothers, it's mothers. Just a word to you before going. God bless you. 
You bring your children up right. Amen. We pick up this invasion. We got to go into the homes yet in a lot of places, schools and out in places with it. We pick it up. But the invasion of the United States, the devil has took her over. Amen. Don't be afraid of Russia. Russia ain't got nothing to do. We're doing it ourselves. Yeah. Our own rottenness right among us. That's right. You know the United States has more uh, divorce cases than all the rest of the world? More divorces. Think of it. Isn't that horrible? The motherhood has been broken. Mothers don't stay home no more with their children like they used to. they got to have a job. Here the other day a certain grocerman in this city was talking to me about it. These women working in this public plant, these young married women with a bunch of little kids, they got babysitters. Take care of their babies. They work in these public places. So they threw up and stand in the room. They got laid off. It's their public work. Don't worry. We'll make it anyhow. Yeah. Oh, such an hour of prostitution at hand. Yeah. Sure. That devil's done told them they're the boss of the house. Sure. They'll make their own money. They'll do what they wish to. Yeah. And you get it out of it if you can. There's only one thing you get out of them. That's the altar. Before Jesus Christ. Yeah. An old-fashioned tear-stream religion that will break their hearts and tear them to pieces and make them up the automobile. That's right. Now you may think I'm just an old fogey, but the day when you're dying, my brother and sister, you'll realize that I told you the truth. That's right. She's on the invasion. The hour is sure. Uh, yes, an hour of decision, too. An hour of decision. Not to come to church, but an hour of decision whether you go to serve Christ or stay lukewarm in your church. That's right. There's plenty of church members. If all the, uh, the people of America that profess to be Christians, to be real Christians, born-again Christians, brother, we'd be as safe as you'd be in heaven almost. Yes. Oh, Lord, yes. yes, there are diseases that lead the land. Everything else. Wouldn't you be like to come down the street and see poor lady come by and say, how do you, sister? Good morning, brother. Well, that is not, you don't have one worry in the world. Everything's just fine and dandy. And a fellow comes to the street corner instead of trying to run over you, you stop. <laughs> all right, brother. All right, see, yeah, oh, you perform me, you see. Just perform. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. We're going to have it. That's in the millennium, brother. The day of my coming. So now we're not, I stood in our neighborhood. Here are the days. Nothing against our neighborhood. But I can notice our little children. Wife is crying. A certain doctor, this town, his little girl was running around my little girl, and they loved one another until they found out that her name was Branham, and she was Reverend Branham's child. That settled it. The little girl couldn't go with that little girl anymore. Well, I thought, well, okay. Some of the little neighbors run over there and said, well, it's all right. So they went to their pastor. Don't tell me. You know, I, I have a way of knowing a lot of things. You see. So they, they went to their pastor and said, you know, there's a man lives in our neighborhood. It's so good to our children. Said it's Reverend Branham. He takes them hauling his little truck and takes them up. Said, well, uh, <clears throat> we have nothing against Reverend Branham. He's all right. But you see, he's just a different class of people than what we are. Yeah. We, uh, I, I would that you wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't tell him, you speak to him and be friendly, but just let that be the end. Oh, brother, my wife's standing there crying. I said, sweetheart, it's a separating line. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Oh, the world gives away still Jesus Christ. If I had to be called a fanatic, if I have to be shunned by my kids, my fellow man, and things like that, I still choose Jesus Christ. Hold to God's unchanging hand. When earthly friends forsake you, still more closer to him, claim. Hold to him. 
God, let me preach like I never before. Let me preach to dying men as a dying man myself. Let me preach to people like I never have another sermon to preach. Let me persuade them to come to the altar with streaming faces of tears. Go back home and live like Christians and live in their neighborhood. Stop all this here frolic and running around and jumping and carrying on and acting this way and blowing up at this and going that way. Oh, don't do that. That's the devil and demon spirits. Come on, Christians. Remember those ministers down there that was that prophet? They were prophets. They were religious men offering a sacrifice. They were just as religious as the teachers of this day. But, brother, they was a long ways from knowing the truth. Don't you see how religious the devil is? The devil's not no anti-great big thing like communism or against Christianity. That's not, that's a fool. Well, the devil, sure. But it's not the antichrist. The antichrist is very religious. Very religious. It was a religious spirit that crucified Jesus. It's always been a religious world. A religious people that crucified. It's a religious people that was against the true Christ. It was religious prophets that was against Micah. It's the religious people of the day that's against the message of God. Remember, I have warned you. I have told you. I ain't speaking so much about Catholicism and Baptism. I'm talking about people that's holding this people. Right down these lines here. Look at it today. I've come across and standing in drama. Oh, my. I go into it sometimes and my heart breaks within me. Stand up there with an old banjo, beating that old banjo or sawing an old fiddle like that. Uh, is this Texas cowboy so-and-so? I ain't got nothing against the man, but that bones out there in the world out there. Right. I'd rather stand, brother, with not even a thing of no nothing at all, but just stand and raise my hand and say, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes. Consecrated cross I'll bear till death shall set me free. They go home a crown to wear, for there's a crown for me. To you little mothers here this morning, it's been real mothers. Now, I know there's many of you. I thank every one of you. Let me tell you something. God bless you. You're the fifth gospel. I think, let me tell you, what's now for your children? Just a little thing, because Brother Neville will probably preach uh, uh, on the, about mother tonight or whoever one of us preaches all right, about mother. But listen, let me ask you something. Remember, when Moses was a little boy, it was a mother who gave him his instruction. It's a godly mother who took little Moses on her knees and said, Moses taught him all. He was her teacher, or she was his teacher, rather, under Pharaoh, and said, Now these things said, Moses, someday you're going to deliver the children of Israel. You're the boy that's called. Keep yourself pure and unspotted from the world, for you're the one. You're the one. No other place that we know where he ever went to any seminary, any teaching at all he ever got. He stayed right in Pharaoh's palace, which was a heathen. But his mother taught him. That's a real mother. She taught him the precepts of the Lord. She told him how he must be holy. She told him how and why he must live and how, what God must do was do for him. And stuck with Moses all the days of his life. And any good, true, loyal mother that'll take her little babies instead of send them to picture shows and dances and so forth like that, and she'll put them on her lap and teach them about the Lord Jesus Christ. The other day I was talking to a mother on the telephone, and the mother said, Oh, Brother Billy, she said, My poor boy's in trouble. I said, Oh, what a trouble he's in. I said, Yes, I know about it, Sister dear. And she said, he may be wrong. I don't know. She said, one says this and one says that. I don't know. But she said, no matter whether he's wrong or right, I love him. Hey. There you are. Hallelujah. I love him. Hallelujah. 
And he said to his mother, said, I've been so deceived by this and that. said, Mother, yeah, I believe you're about the only sweetheart I really have. A woman that's true to me and sticks to me. That's mother's love. That's a real mother that'll put her arms around her baby regardless whether it's right or wrong, she goes right on to him. And if, God, if a mother can think that of her baby, how much more will God think that of his if he, you stay right with him? All right. And now let me tell you another mother right quick in the Bible before we close. There was a mother called Herodia. She taught her daughter to tap dance. She wanted to be popular. And she danced before the king and required the head of John the Baptist. We have record of 70 of her offsprings. This damsel had danced before Herodias' daughter, danced before Herod. 70 of her offsprings, they either died prostitutes or on galluses. One mother taught her the things of the world. The other mother taught her the things of God. One became a great leader and a conqueror and mortal among men today. And the other is debauched in hell and taken thousands times thousands with her. See what I mean? Bring up a child in the way that you go. Now, I certainly sympathize with you poor mother sitting here with your white roses on. There's a heaven that a mother has gone to today where a good old-fashioned mother that lived for God probably has passed beyond the veil. She's waiting for you to come. That's right. I respect and honor you there with your red roses on. Your mother, if you want to do anything for her, do it 365 days a year. Go to her house and offer prayer and live for God. That's the thing to do. And bring up your children. And when your children come up, they'll call you blessed after you have passed on beyond the veil. That's the real spirit of motherhood, the real spirit of Mother's Day. Mother's Day is 365 days in a year. This is the day to sell flowers and pass presents. The world does. If it passes, if the world should stand another 20 years, they'll have son's days, daughter's days, and uh, cousin's days, and uncle's days, and all them things like that, just enough to get the world in a commercial glamour. That's just worth going right into hell, just as hard as it can go to destruction. But you, God bless you, is my prayer. Shall we pray? Our kind Heavenly Father, as we view back this morning with our minds, Back down under some hundreds of years ago when there stood Jehoshaphat standing there by the side of King Ahab and a little spirit down in his heart still left of God though he made a mistake told him said this is wrong this is wrong it's not clean it's not holy the prophet has said these things couldn't go on like this and the little fire of God woke him up and then you had somebody to answer that little fire which was Micah the true prophet of God Though he might have come up there dressed in rags, though he might have come up there despised and all of them looking up on him as if a bunch of wolves looking at a lamb, but he told the truth. Though he had to be smitten in the face, though he had to be thrown into prison and fed bread and water of sorrow, but yet the words that he said come to pass, for you is with him. God grant today, and we look down in this Bible, we look at the church books, the decalogues, and so forth of the churches, the rituals and see how they do this, that, or the other. But let us look into this true word here and see what it says. Yeah. Without holiness, no man yeah. shall see the Lord. Follow peace and holiness, which without no man shall see the Lord. He that loves the world, the things of the world, the love of God, not any man. And in the last days, peerless times shall come. Man shall be lovers of their own selves, proud bolsters. All oh, those great things, Lord, it's happening. Heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Teaching people precepts of a man instead of the commandments of God. Having a form of godliness and denying the power of the Holy Ghost to make a man be filled with the Spirit. To make him rejoice, to make the tears flow from his eyes. 
to make him go out and pray for the sick, to make him speak with tongues and interpret, to make him prophesy the spirit of the God, the living God. They just tuck it off into some lodge or something like that, having a farm of godliness and denying the power thereof. Oh, God made this little audience on this a day. Wake up quickly right now before the end time comes and catches it in this condition. May we be uh, renew ourselves, as the Bible said, rise and shake yourself. And ask for the old way, which is the good way. And when you find it, walk in it. God grant that we can find the old rugged way when we can stand together again as hundreds and join our hands together and say, I'll take the way with the Lord's despise for you. I've started in with Jesus and I'm going through. God help us to live that and be that. Bless all these dear mothers sitting here, Lord, knowing that their mothers herself with white roses pinned on their coats this morning as a memorial of a dear old mother that's passed beyond the scene. Oh, Master of life, bless them, Lord, and may they be blessed too. And may their children's memories be as theirs is with their mother if she's gone beyond the veil to a glorious heaven. Grant it, Lord. And some morning when life is shutting off from our veins and our breath is failing to come to us, the day will open back. She'll come down perhaps to the end of the Jordan to help us over. Oh, to that glorious day when we step our feet over yonder where there will not be the air, will not be contaminated with cigarette smoke. There will never be a drunkard on the street. There will never be a prostitute. There will never be sin. There will never be nothing like that. But in a glorious forever will we live with peace with our Lord Jesus Christ and our children. And oh, what a wonderful day. Oh, Father, while the great darkness is on, the battle and the devil invading the countries and invading the pulpits, invading the churches, invading the peoples, invading the businesses, invading the cities and the schools and the homes. Oh, God, help us to stand. Pull the sword quickly and fight for God as Moses and the, and the Levites did down there when sin was in the camp. Help us, Lord. Forgive us now and bless us and keep us humble. Break us up, Lord. Oh, God. He said, He that goes forth sowing in tears will doubtless return again rejoicing, bringing with him sheaves. Oh, God, break us to pieces. Mold us a new, Lord. We're getting too much out of the way. I am myself, Lord. I'm getting to a place where I'm thinking about how many will attend my meeting. Oh, God, I want you to attend. Come, Lord. Oh, Christ. Come, Lord. Break me up. Mold me over. Oh, Lord, don't never let me get those things on my mind. God, keep them from me. Help me, Lord, to preach, as I said a while ago, like a dying man to dying man, knowing that we all must face eternity and we've got to stand before you when you're not in your pleasing manner, when you're not with mercy, when you're standing without mercy, when you're standing angry to bring judgment upon the nations and the people that's rejected and spurned the love of your child. God, give me mercy with him today that in that day I can stand assured. May I have to cry out, but you'll wipe it away to joy at that time when you say enter into the joys of the Lord which has been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. God, be with us now and help us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.